Hard Work, Goodwill, A Journey of Peace, Perseverance, and Redemption by Jerry Lundergan. My name is Michael Santos with Resilient Digital Publishing. I will be reading this book from cover to cover. Please visit hardworkgoodwill.com for your free copy. We're now listening to Jerry Lundergan's Chapter 9 on Awareness. Have you ever seen the movie Gladiator starring Russell Crowe? That movie portrays the early Roman Empire. About 2,000 years ago, Marcus Aurelius rose from living in an orphanage to becoming a Roman emperor. His name has lived on for centuries as a result of Meditations, a book he authored for the specific purpose of helping him make better decisions. Ironically, he didn't write that book for others to read. Yet centuries after his death, publishers saw so much value in the writings that they have printed millions of copies over the past several hundred years. Why? What makes the book so compelling? I think the book Meditations is helpful for any person, including me, that wants to make better decisions. Even at 73, I can improve. I can contribute more. I can prepare for the next phase of the journey. Reading about others who have done well gives us hope. We learn how they overcame challenges and struggle. That is what self-improvement is all about. It is about questioning what we have been doing and figuring out solutions that will bring superior results. It is about being aware of our role in society, being aware of what we want to achieve with our life, being aware of what we can do to improve circumstances for our communities, being aware that even when we face struggles or challenges, opportunities exist for us to live lives of meaning, relevance, and contribution. It is easy to say we want to work to improve results, but saying so doesn't necessarily bring us the results we want. An old cliche is pretty popular here in my hometown of Lexington, Kentucky. We can lead a horse to water, but we can't make him drink. Human beings may, at times in life, act as stubborn as that cliche horse. Someone may show us a way to grow or to build a more fulfilling life. To get the improvement, however, we have got to be aware, keeping our head in the game at all times. Marcus Aurelius made a 100% to keeping his head in the game. He rose to become one of the most influential people that ever lived. Yet he never wavered from his path. As a matter of principle, he took time to think, to reassess, to figure out what he could do better. According to historical scholars, through his daily work in writing meditations, he created reminders to be humble, patient, empathetic, generous, and secure in the face of any challenge that he had to confront. When interacting with others, he wanted to be good, kind, and generous. To live by how he defined success, he devised a system to help him make the right decisions every time. We all need to create systems that will work best for us. If we surround ourselves with positive people, with good role models, and with diligent activities that coincide with what we aspire to become, we grow stronger. For decades, I have attended Mass every single day. I attend Mass for one reason, 
to express gratitude and seek guidance so that I can live as a better human being, a better husband, a better father, a better citizen. Attending daily Mass has been my way of keeping my head in the game. Since I was a small child, attending St. Patrick's Catholic School in Mayesville, Kentucky, I have been inspired by the Blessed Virgin Mary. Women have always had an enormous influence on my sense of responsibility. Through prayer and understanding of the Blessed Mother's burden, respect for women has been central to how I thought. While my father worked hard to support our family, it was always my mother that cared for my siblings and me. She always had our family meals ready, our clothes clean and available for wear, and she kept our home immaculate. My older sister, Bonnie Jean, babysat me as a child and protected me. She'd let me go everywhere with her. Our relationship grew. When our younger sister, Peggy, came into our family, I had a special bond with her. Then, God blessed me with Charlotte and our five daughters, Alyssa, Abby, Allison, Ashley, and Amy. Praying to the Blessed Virgin Mary influenced my commitment to protect women. My view has been that women have had it harder than men from the earliest times in recorded history. To bring change, after my business career brought more stability to our family, I ran for public office. From 1980 to 1985 and 1987 to 1989, I served in the Kentucky House of Representatives. On two occasions, I served as chairman of the Kentucky Democratic Party. While in public office, I am most proud of spearheading through legislation laws to protect women. It wasn't right for a father to abandon a mother or to avoid responsibilities of paying child support. I wish that we could have done more. Even in today's society, for work that is equal to men, women don't earn the same pay. Going to Mass every day and praying to the Blessed Mother reminds me of my duty to respect and honor the women in my family and in our society. These are the ways that I stay aware of what is important to me. I encourage others to keep top of mind all that is important to them. We excel toward our goals when we create systems that help us stay aware of our responsibilities. If we associate with people that make different decisions from us, if we don't choose role models that live useful and inspiring lives, or if we engage in negative activities, we fail to achieve our potential. Mahatma Gandhi, a distinguished leader who devoted his life to building bridges that bring communities together, is famous for having said, We achieve happiness and fulfillment when we keep everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do in harmony. If we want to work towards such laudable goals of living purposely, we need tools. In business, we create all types of devices to keep our heads in the game. We use financial statements to assess whether the investments we are making generate profits or losses. We use market reports to assess whether opportunities exist for us to expand or contract. We create surveys to learn what more we can do to serve our customers. One of my favorite corporate leaders, Walt Disney, truly believed in the importance of creating entire cultures around accountability and measuring our commitment to success. 
He created accountability systems to make sure everyone in the Disney culture understood what it would take to build the happiest place on earth. Systems he created led to a culture where everyone was aware of how their daily decisions related to the overall success of the organization. As stated in the earlier analogy, by keeping everyone aware of the importance of success, Walt Disney created his jigsaw puzzle, where everyone was working together to build the beautiful tapestry he envisioned. It is never too early, and it is never too late, to start incorporating the wisdom of leaders like Walt Disney or Marcus Aurelius into our lives. This pattern works well for us in business, but I am convinced that it is even more critical for us in the decisions we make in our personal lives. Throughout this book, I have tried to express that I would never ask anyone to do anything that I am not doing in my own life. Indeed, this book you are reading or listening to is at least some evidence of that commitment. I have tried to emulate what I understood in another quote from Mahatma Gandhi, be the change that you want to see in the world. Rather than living in anger or frustration over what I perceived to be the injustice of my prosecution, I opened my eyes. I couldn't influence the process of going through a trial, but neither could I allow to continue the sense of helplessness and anxiety that was overtaking me. I had to act or do something that would make a difference in society. Living to build stronger communities is what has guided me all along, and I needed to return my tried and true strategy for defining success. Number one, living honestly. Number two, being loyal. And number three, living with a good work ethic. By crafting this book and course, I started to feel useful. I felt productive. Regardless of what others were doing to me, I could act with dignity. I could show that my values and goals would guide my decisions. It didn't matter that I had never considered myself a writer when I started. All that mattered was that I started to write. Each day I'd begin with a blank page. I'd write words, sentences, and paragraphs. Sometimes I would write all day. After reviewing what I had written, there were many times when I discarded everything. I'd have to start over. That is part of the work. That is the process I had to follow. What process will work for you to achieve your goals, to overcome your challenge? Writing helped me feel better. By creating a resource for people I care about, people that want to grow, improve, and build better lives, I simultaneously got my mind off the challenges that I faced. As stated from the very beginning, to change, we have got to have the right mindset. To maintain the right mindset, we have got to be aware of what's going on around us. Like Marcus Aurelius, we have got to keep thinking, keep questioning how the decisions we are making today will influence what we are aspiring to become in the months, years, and decades ahead. We have got to keep our head in the game. If we're trying to make the right decisions at the right time, we have got to stay aware of the opportunity costs. When we decide to go in one direction, we simultaneously may be deciding on not going in another direction. So here are some questions. What costs come along with our choices? How do those costs influence our prospects to get closer to the goals that we have set?
Let me tell you, whether we are 13 or we are 73, we only have so much time to choose how we are going to live. We need to use our time effectively, always thinking about whether we are investing our time in ways to grow or wasting time that we can never get back. Our decisions should always align with how we define success. I have found that we are more likely to make progress when we build upon our strengths and leverage our resources in ways that lead to our goals. So here's a little story about game theory. In business, leaders use a strategy known as game theory to make decisions. We can use that same strategy to make the best decisions in our personal lives. Such an approach would go a long way toward keeping us aware of the connection between the choices we're making today and the experiences we'll have tomorrow. With game theory, leaders create a theoretical framework to assess the risks and the rewards of every decision. Leaders know and understand their objectives. They know what they can do, but they don't always know how markets or opposing parties will respond. With game theory, leaders assess how they can make the best decisions with the least amount of risk. Similarly, businessly, similarly to business leaders, we need to create if-then, if-then-what questions for our challenges. For example, let's say we want to position ourselves for a better job. How can game theory help us make better decisions? The players in our game include the people that can influence our position and our own choices. So here are some questions. What steps can I take to understand what motivates employers and how they define success? If I can understand what motivates employers, I can more effectively predict what employers are more likely to do in a given situation or influence what employers are likely to do, or make decisions that will help me get a better outcome with the least amount of risk. If I want to understand how employers will behave, what questions should I contemplate? Here's a couple. What do employers want? How do employers believe they can achieve their objectives? What resources do employers have? What do employers think about me, and how can I contribute? Or, how do employers see me? It is equally as vital for us to understand how employers perceive us. So start with those questions. What strategic decisions am I making to better position myself for the career that I want? Or, will employers see me as being someone that wants to contribute to the success of the organization, or as someone that only looks out for himself, or as someone worse that threatens the organization? And another question, what can you do today to influence how employers will see you tomorrow? All of these exercises in game theory help us understand what we can make, that we can make better decisions when we invest time and energy to understand how different stakeholders think. If we know them better, we become more aware of things we can do to influence them favorably. We also want to understand how stakeholders perceive us. Not everyone sees us in the same way that we can see ourselves. When assessing how others perceive us, we can use an exercise developed by social scientists. It suggests that we can make better decisions if we ask a series of questions that include number one, what do I know about myself that others also know? 
That's called the know and the known. What do I know about myself that others do not know about me? That would be the know and the unknown. What do others know about me that I don't know about myself? That would be the unknown and the known. And what do others not know about me and that I don't know about myself? The unknown and the unknown. If we create a chart with squares, we can answer such questions in each block. As an example, in my case, I could respond to those blocks by defining what I knew about myself and what the people that would set my fate knew about me. So let's take a look at known by me and known by them. Everybody knows, public record. I've been married for 50 years. I'm a father of five daughters and a grandfather to nine grandchildren. I'm a business owner and a taxpaying citizen. I have a history of community service. Okay, so what is known by me but unknown by them? Well, I know that I'm a man of deep faith that goes to Mass every day. I know that I'm a man that will find ways to live productively and as a contributing citizen regardless of what they do. I'm a man that cares deeply about community service. And I know that I did everything in good faith without any intention of subverting laws on federal elections. Now, what is known by the opposition but unknown by me? Well, I don't know how they will characterize me to the court. I don't know why they thought that charging me with a crime would serve the interests of justice. I don't know how my political adversaries influenced their decision to charge me, nor do I know how they will use this prosecution to influence their careers. And then finally, what is unknown by my adversaries and also unknown by me? Neither of us know how a judge will determine what level of prison time is appropriate for me, if any. Neither of us know what sanction the judge is going to impose. Neither of us know whether a final court would determine that I did not violate a law. And neither will we know that this episode, how this episode will influence the rest of my life. Those types of questions made me more aware of my predicament. They helped me realize how to pick myself up and start making progress toward building something positive. It is my way of living by the values that define my life. All of us face our challenges, and all of us must make decisions on how we can deal with those challenges best. Regardless of how we respond, we are making a decision that hand those decisions have risks and rewards. Bad choices come with a chance of keeping us locked in struggle or even making things worse. Good choices bring the reward of lifting us to a better place. The biblical book of Job helps us understand that we are living God's plan. What we have today can be taken away. We may not know or understand the reasons behind our struggles. Still, each of us has a responsibility. We should move forward productively, carefully, in a manner that is consistent with how we define success. We grow stronger by living true to our faith, with a full commitment to proving worthy of our blessings. As Gandhi advised, when we keep everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do in harmony, we move closer to a fulfilling life.
Such a pathway takes courage and a positive mindset. It requires us to keep our head in the game. And in adhering to this path, we build courage and restore confidence. Think of what you can do today to prepare for a better tomorrow. And remember, if you want it, you've got to keep your head in the game. You've just heard another chapter from Jerry Lundergan's Hard Work and Goodwill. If you would like to get your free copy of a book of hard, your free copy of Hard Work and Goodwill, please visit hardworkgoodwill.com by Jerry Lundergan. Please stick around for the final episode where we will hear about Jerry's appreciation for the many blessings in his life and how all of us should live in appreciation and gratitude for our blessings.